Well, good morning, church. How are you guys doing this morning? Anybody, anybody feeling good this morning? Come on, come on. I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm so excited to be able to speak to you guys. And uh, this, is, this is so great. So just wherever you're at right now, I want you to just turn to your neighbor and say, you look good this morning. Okay? Just turn to your neighbor. If you're watching us online, joining us online, turn to the nearest person next to you and say, you look good this morning. And if there's no one around, that just means you have to hop on the live chat and say, you look good this morning to someone on the live chat. Come on. Come on. You know, I'm so excited this morning because honestly, I have been having so much fun with this Simply series. Anybody else enjoying the series so far? Come on. Come on. Has God, like, radically changed anybody's lives in this room? Yeah? Okay. A few people. All right. All right. You know, this, sim- this series, I believe, is a life changer because there's just something so exciting about being able to go back to the simplicity that's in Christ. Go back to the basics of what it means to follow Jesus, to, to what it actually, the true core facts about who Jesus is and what it means to be a Christian. And we've had a couple of amazing months so far. If you've missed any week, you got to go back. you got to check it out. And we've got four more parts, including today, coming up. So if God hasn't spoken to you yet, he's got something for you still. Okay? Come on. And I'm, I'm really excited, though, this morning because I get to speak to you guys on a topic that is really near and dear to my heart. Um, something that uh, in, in the past couple months has, has become really, really important to me. Uh, and it's something that, like, if you'd asked me months ago what my opinion on it was, I wouldn't have truly understood. And that is, um, that is community. See, if you'd asked me even six months ago, like, is community important? I would have been like, yes. It would have been my default answer, you know. It's like when your wife walks into the room, am I beautiful? Yes. Default. Don't hesitate. Don't pause. Yes, immediately. Doesn't matter what she's wearing, how she looks, if she has her makeup streaked across her face. Yes. That would have just been my answer, though, for community. Is community important? Yes. But if you pushed me on it, I would have really struggled to give you, like, a reason why. Because I find it's easy to know something up here, but not to know something down here. See, community was like, uh, for me, it was like, you know how when you own a car, you're supposed to change the oil every 5,000 kilometers or six months? I understand the 5,000 kilometers everywhere. Like, I just, I get it. If it's 5,000 kilometers, you need to change the oil. But the six-month part, I know I'm supposed to do it here, but I don't know it here. So a year will go by. If I haven't reached that 5,000-kilometer mark, I don't care. I'm just going to keep driving my car. Because I know up here that I'm supposed to do something, but I don't know it down here. And that's really how it was for community for me. And you see, over the past year, God has just been doing something in my heart about community, especially being able to oversee and work hands-on with our gateway groups. Um, God has just been really emphasizing community on my heart and just been laying this so strongly on my heart, and he's just stirred up this passion inside of me for for community. So as we get started, though, I I want to be very clear on what I mean by community, because community can be a bit of a tough word to understand. There's a lot of different definitions. There's, like, scientific definitions, and, like, we're in the community of Skyview and, you know, things like that. But when I talk about community this morning, what I'm referring to is this. Community is a group of people who gather as a result of shared attitudes, interests, or goals for the purpose of doing life together. So community is a group of people, which is really important, because this tells me one very important kind of 
um, knowing, like something you should probably know just by default. Community requires people. You can't do community alone. Which is very important because I've interacted with a lot of Christians who are like, oh, I don't go to church anymore. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm curious. Why don't you go to church? Oh, well, I can encounter God at home. Well, yeah, that's true. And actually, in fact, if you're coming to church just to encounter God and you never encounter God at home, well, then there's something lacking in your relationship with God. Um, but if your only reason for coming to church is to encounter God, then you're really missing out on the, the community that God wants you to have here at church. So community is a group of people, so multiple people, who gather as a result of shared attitudes, interests, or goals, which tells me something very important about community. You're gathering with people you like. Very important. Not gathering with people you don't enjoy spending time with. It's gathering with people who you share interests with. It's like, you like golf? They like golf. Let's golf together. You like fishing? They like fishing. Let's go fishing together. You know, I want to do a Bible study. They want to do a Bible study. Let's, let's do a Bible study together. It's people who you share attitudes, interests, and goals with for the purpose of doing life together. And this really is the key that I want to focus on this morning. Purpose of doing life together together. And that's, who do you have in your life who knows you? Who do you have in your life who you can be real and authentic with? Who do you know in your life that, that knows you, the real you, and can call you on your crap? Who is there for you when life gets tough? See, to sum up community, community is really about finding people who you like and doing life together. You see, I think, though, community is one of those, it's one of those funny things that we can understand is vitally important. And if we read the Bible, it's very clear that it's vitally important. But it's one of those things that is really hard to do. Something important that we struggle with. You see, when we read the Bible, there's literally hundreds of verses on the importance of community. Such as um, Ecclesiastes 4.9, it says, two people are better than one for they can help each other succeed. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. In Hebrews 10, 24, 25, let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And that's really just three verses out of literally hundreds of verses that talk about the importance of finding people who build you up, who will help you succeed, and who will encourage you along the way. But the reality is that you're, like, you're trying to find people who, you can, who can surround you and who will make you a better people or a better person. But the reality is community, community is difficult because I think very often, I think it's very often difficult because community requires commitment. You know, my experience here at Gateway so far, if I want somebody to do something, it's much easier to get them to commit to it if it's like a one-time thing. Like, hey... Sign up to serve for fall kickoff next week. Two-hour commitment. That's all. People are like, okay, cool. But if it's like, hey, sign up to join a gateway team. Oh, I don't want to do that. Okay. It's like, pray once in a while. Oh, cool. I'll, I'll try and do that. Pray every day. Oh, well, you're asking too much of me. It's like, oh, okay. It, it's because a lot of times we don't like to commit. You see, community is different from, like, serving one time or praying once in a while because community requires a commitment. It's not something you can do when you feel like it and not do when you don't feel like it. You can't have friends one week and then ignore them for three months and think that they're still your friends three months later. 
they reached out to you and you just ignored them, well, what kind of friend are you? Like, community requires commitment, a commitment to, being, to doing life with other people, a commitment to being real and authentic with other people, a commitment to working together to be better people. And you see, in a society that likes to teach us that we need to act as if we're perfect, society that likes to teach us that we need to hide our flaws, we need to hide our problems, we need to pretend like we have no issues, all because we need to keep ourselves safe, and all because people might just hurt us, and all because we don't want to appear weak. In that kind of society, the vulnerability of community can be scary. It can really make us want to do life alone. See, for me personally, one of the hardest struggles in my life has been learning to open up to others. Learning to trust others with my problems. Learning to, to be real and authentic and honest with my friends, with my wife, uh, and, and to do life with other people. See, because if I'm being real with you guys, I like to hold things in. That's just my default mode. And, and oftentimes this is because I like to filter things and base it off of like, what's important so I don't process things that aren't important. Like somebody insults me on the street, it'll come into my head, and I'll be like, do I care? Well, it's a random person on the street. No. And so I'll just let it go. And I won't talk about it because it's like, this isn't important. But if my wife were to insult me, I'd be like, is this important? Yes. Very important. Um, but I like, to, I like to internally process things. And, and the problem is that my default mode is I start to internally process big things. I process, is this important? Yes. And then I don't talk about it. And see, this is, this is a struggle that I've had with my life because I find it difficult at times to open up to others, to share my life with others, to, to share my struggles with others. But what I have learned over 25 years of life is that I cannot do life alone. And I know that there's people in this room who you have kids who are older than me, so you have a lot more life experience than me. But what I have learned in my short life so far is that, I've been, that I cannot do life alone. I cannot do ministry alone. I cannot do my faith with God alone. I cannot do my marriage alone. I can't succeed in, in life, in leadership, in any aspect of my life alone. I need other people who will surround me, who will support me, who will be there for me, who will challenge me, who will call me out when, when my mind starts playing tricks on me, and who will be there for me and keep me accountable in things that I want to grow in. I need other people. You see, you were never meant to do life alone. God's original design for mankind was that we would live in relationship. Relationship with him and relationship with others. Adam in the garden, he's alone with God. And God's like, this isn't good. I need to find him a helper. So he made Eve. Adam and God probably had a good thing going on. Like later on, Adam, Eve, and God are wa wa would walk in the garden. That's pretty cool. But God's like, this isn't enough. He needs someone else. See, the reality is, community is God's method for growth, both in the church and in your life. Let me prove it to you. Exodus 18, there's this great story about a dude named Moses. Maybe you've heard of him before. Um, but basically, backstory for this um, Moses is the leader of a people group known as Israel, and they had just been enslaved in Egypt for hundreds of years, and God had called Moses like, hey, Moses, through a fiery bush. It's a really cool story. You should check it out. Um, Moses, go free my people. And Moses is like, 
no. And so God's like, okay, I'll get you some helpers. And they go, and and he frees Israel from captivity, and Pharaoh finally lets um, the people of Israel go, and then Pharaoh changes his mind, and they get to the Red Sea, and God opens and splits the Red Sea for Israel to walk through, and then crashes it back down on the Egyptians. It's this crazy story of God providing. But Moses is the leader of this massive people group. And some scholars that I was reading say that the people of Israel probably numbered over a million at this point. And Moses is the leader. Like, you can picture him as essentially the CEO of this massive corporation, the president of this massive country, the, the, the pastor of this massive, massive megachurch. And he is going through this as the leader. And, and one day, his father-in-law, Jethro, comes along, and, and Moses is sharing all that God's done. And, and it's really cool because Moses is like, well, God freed us from Israel, and God split the Red Sea. And Jethro's there like, yes, that's incredible, which I love because sometimes you just need somebody alongside you to cheer you on. And then they celebrate what God did. And then it says, verse 13, the next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. And they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as the judge while all the people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Moses' father-in-law said, what you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. This is so good because what Jethro is saying to Moses in this moment is, hey, Moses, you're trying to be everything to everyone, and if you do this, you are only going to burn out. And I believe this is a message for some people in the room who you run a business and you're trying to do everything for everyone. You're trying to be everything for your staff. Your staff is struggling and you're trying to be there for them, but you cannot do it alone. This is for someone in the room who's struggling with friendships and you have so many friends and you're trying to support all of them, but you cannot do it alone. Moses, you've been trying to meet everyone's needs. But if you keep trying to do this, if you keep trying to solve all of their problems and be everything to them, you will actually burn yourself out and you will inhibit their growth. If you want the people of Israel to grow, you need to find others. You know, I love this because so often people come into churches and when they walk through the doors, they think that it's suddenly the job of the pastor to meet their every spiritual, emotional, and physical need as if the pastoral team can supply the needs for literally hundreds and thousands of people. And, and, it, and it's really difficult because people come into churches with this idea that a church will somehow, a pastor will somehow fix all of their problems, suddenly make them better people. And, and the reality is, as good as our staff here at Gateway is, we can't meet the needs of every single person in this room. We just can't. We love you all, we support you all, we care for you all, but the reality is that church staff cannot fulfill your need for community. See how we at Gateway do what we call like pastoral care, so like taking care of people who are sick and taking care of people, is through community, through small groups, it's through groups of people who surround each other and do life together. See, if you want to grow in your life, if you want to grow in your faith, you want to grow in your marriage, you want to grow in your leadership, you got to get surrounded by people who support you. And then Jethro, in verse 20, he says, Select capable men from all the people 
men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you, the simple cases they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. Moses, you can't do it all. So find people who leaders who can lead the people alongside you. Create communities within this massive nation so that everyone will be built up. See, this is God's design for the church. It's not to have pastors, not to have pastoral staff do everything, but to have church, small groups, small communities that gather together, that build one another up, that do, life to, uh, that do life together. And when the church does that, what naturally happens is it grows. Because the reality is healthy things grow. Healthy churches grow. And, and you see, this, carry, this idea carries on into the first church in the New Testament, Acts 5.42, where it says, and they gather, and every day in the temple courts and from house to house, they continue to teach and preach the message, Jesus is the Messiah. And this is really cool, because in the temple courts, that's a large gathering. That's like our Sunday morning services. That's, that's where we gather together as a large group, and we preach the gospel, and we, we share in life together, and, and we worship God together. But then it's not just limited to that. It's in the house, from house to house. That's the small group. See, the reality of church is that in order for a church to grow larger, it must grow smaller. See, we need, as a church, we need to grow larger to reach more people with the love of Christ. And this really isn't about like numbers or like we want to make ourselves look better or feel better. It really is about people. Each number equals a person. And each person who comes to this church is encountering God. It's, each, person, each new person who comes to this church is a life changed. It's people who encounter God, people who grow in their faith, people who are radically changed with God's love. But in order to grow larger and meet more of those people, we must grow smaller. See, the simple reality is statistics tell us that people... Like, oftentimes, people will come to a church for the first time because of good worship or good preaching, but people don't stay in a church because the worship band is great or the pastor is a good preacher. They stay in it because of relationship. So if we, as a church, want to reach more people with the love of Christ, if we want to have more people come to Jesus and be radically changed to see Jesus do in their lives what he's done in our lives, we need strong communities within our church where people can grow with others, can laugh with others, and can do life with others. See, it's easy for people to get lost in a crowd, especially on a Sunday morning. But God doesn't call us to live in a crowd. God calls us to live in a community. See, this is the reason that we have gateway groups. This is the reason that I'm pushing community so hard this morning. 
This is the reason that, as the video said, we've got a 10-week group semester launching on September 27th. It's, the reason behind all of that is because we know that community makes a difference. We have seen the value of community in other people's lives. We've seen what it does in people's lives, and it helps people grow in their faith. It helps people grow in their life. It helps people grow in their confidence and, 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 and just develop these new relationships and get support when they need it. And we want to see that happen in each and every person's life here at Gateway. So I want to give you guys three reasons why groups are important. Kind of an overview of what you can expect from being part of a group. And number one, groups, they're personal. It's personal. It's a place that someone knows your name. See, 1 Thessalonians 5, 11 to 15 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Live in peace with one another. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. And uh, be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Really, this verse paints a beautiful picture of what groups are supposed to be like, what communities are supposed to be like, where you're encouraging one another, where you're supporting those in need where you're calling people out when they start to go down the wrong path or they start to believe the wrong things or they start to, to get caught up in, in lies of the world, where you call them out and where you live in peace with one another. So with this, I have to ask you, who do you have in your life that knows your name? Who do you have in your life that knows your story? Who do you have in your life that has your best interest at heart? See, the reality is it's easy to get caught up in life. It's easy to get caught up in stress. It's easy to get caught up in conspiracy theories. It's easy to get caught up in all of the craziness of everything that's happening around. And the danger is when you don't have someone to remind you who you are, to remind you about your core values, you can get caught up in all of these things and start down a path that you don't want to be on. And you'll end up in a place you don't want to be and you don't know how you got there. And the reality is it's because you didn't have anybody to call you back. You didn't have a community. See, this happens all the time. I see this all the time with youth and young adults where they get in a relationship and the first thing they do is they cut off all their friends because their friends are in the way of their relationship. Let me tell you, that's a dangerous place to be because what happens is they cut off their friends and they just get caught up in this relationship and, and they start having like all these emotions and all these feelings and, and they start to make decisions based on their feelings and because no one's there to remind them of who they are and remind them of their conviction, they start to just fall in love with these feelings and, and suddenly it gets to a place where it's like, oh, well, I love her, so why do I have to wait to sleep with her? We already talked about getting married. Oh, no, I haven't put a ring on her finger. Oh, we don't have a date set or anything. But why do I have to wait? And you start to make compromises on your values. You see, the reality is feelings will come and they'll go. You can't base decisions on feelings. And if you've no one to call you on your crap, it's very easy to find yourself in a place you don't want to be. But the reality is if you get into community, you get into a relationship, you can go to that community and be like, hey, guys, guess what? I asked Kim out. And she, she said yes. Be like, yeah! Let's celebrate! Come on, that's amazing. I was praying for this. I never thought it would happen. I'm kidding on that part. <laughs> but they'll rejoice with you. They'll celebrate with you. And then they'll watch you. See, this is the big thing. 
sometimes all you need for success in your life, success in your leadership, success in your business, success in your relationship, is just knowing that someone is watching you. Just knowing that you got someone there. Watching your decisions, watching what you're doing, and calling you out when you start to make stupid choices. See, we need people in our lives to encourage us, to help us grow, to warn us when we're making a mistake, and to be there for us. We need cheerleaders on the sideline where when life is going good and when good things are happening, they're like, yes, praise God, that is amazing. I've been praying for that for so long. That is incredible breakthrough. Cheering you on when life is good. And when you start going down the wrong path and you start making stupid decisions and you start making decisions that are not based on who you truly are, they can be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Dude, come back, come back. This is who you are. Let me remind you of who you are. Groups, they are personal. Number two, groups are safe. So when life is, gets tough, who do you have in your corner? See, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12, it says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. If two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? The one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And very often people like to quote this about marriage, but the context is this is written um, by Solomon who had hundreds of wives. And he had so much money and so much fame. And throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, he's constantly like, that's pointless. Money, pointless. Uh, wives, pointless. Like all of this is pointless if you don't have a friend, if you don't have a community. So when life gets tough, who can you turn to? Who do you have in your corner? See, to quote Pastor Holly Furtick, she says, while we might not get to choose what we go through in life, we do get to choose who we go through it with. So are you going through life alone, or do you have someone who is there for you, who will support you, who will be there for you, who will visit you, who will help you? See, if you're coming to this church and you feel lonely, you feel alone, like you don't fit in, maybe it's because you show up 10 minutes late and you leave five minutes before the service ends and you refuse to talk to anybody. Obviously, this isn't always the case. And sometimes it can be difficult to get into community because community is about having shared interests and attitudes and, and opinions and, and goals and things like that. It's about finding people who you like. And sometimes it's difficult to find somebody you can gel with. But very often, people who come to a church and they struggle to find community and then they get upset and they leave the church because no one connects with them, it's all because they come 10 minutes late, they sit at the back of the service with a scowl on their face. The second somebody looks at them, they snarl at them and then they leave five minutes before the service ends. Before ever, before ever connecting with anybody. And then when they're in the hospital and they're sick, they get upset because nobody at the church comes to visit them. Well, nobody at the church came to visit you because nobody knows you. It's just a reality. See, how would somebody know what's happening in your life unless you let them in? How can somebody visit you when you're sick unless you let people in, unless you let them know? How can somebody support you, bring you food, um, visit you in the hospital, be there for you when you're struggling, be there for you when, when your anxiety or your depression is spiking? How can somebody be there for you when you never let people in? See, the reality is community is a lot like love. You don't fall into community. You know, I hate that phrase with love. I fell into love like, oh, I'm walking down the street. Oh, curb, oh, fell into love. Anything you fall into, you can fall out of. Fell into love really is a phrase about 
oh, an emotion. And I can promise you emotions will leave in, oh, two weeks when suddenly life gets crazy. Love is about a choice, a decision, a commitment. In the same way community is like love, you don't fall into community. You need to find it. You need to commit to it. You need to work on it. And the beauty of community is once you find it, if you will put in the work, it will stick with you through thick and thin. So community, it's personal. Community, it's safe. And lastly, community, it's flexible. It's flexible. See here at Gateway, we've got our new group semester launching September 27th, 10 weeks. It runs until the first week of December. And the beauty of this is, is we've got groups running almost on every single day of the week, different times of the day, different, and, and different groups that will fit different needs, different desires, different interests, different attitudes, different opinions. You, you wanna, you're a young family and you want to find a, a group with young families? Well, we've got a group for you. You're a, you're a mom and you want to find a group with moms? We've got a group for you. you. You're a young adult and you want to do a Bible study? We've got a group for you. You want to play board games? We've got a group for you. You like knitting? We've got a group for you. Um, you, you like, you're a bit more country and you like singing country songs? We've got a cowboy church for you. Uh, you're um, part of a multicultural group, or we've got life groups for Indonesian and, and for multicultural. We've got adult life groups. We've got fitness groups. We've got groups that fit so many different needs and so many different attitudes and so many different interests. Groups that cater to different kinds of people. Groups are flexible. They're flexible. So as we close today, what I really want to encourage you guys to do is to find your community. Find your community. Who do you have in your corner? Who do you have in your corner? Who's there for you no matter what? Who knows you and support you? And as the service closes, just take five or 10 minutes and check out our groups. We've got group information at the info desk. We've got group information at the Discover Gateway wall, which is just the orange wall right to the right between the auditorium and the bathrooms. We've got group information online, gateway.ec slash groups. You can text the word groups to 587-801-2191. Check out our groups. And find a community here at Gateway, which is filled with people you can laugh, learn, and grow alongside. Find people who will support you when life gets tough. Find people who will be there for you when you don't know what to do. People who will notice when you change for better or for worse, and when you change for good, they're like, yes, go, you're doing amazing. And when you change for the worst, they're like, hey, come back, come back. Let me remind you who you are. Let me remind you what you believe. Find people who you can talk to, who you can turn to, who will listen to you when you're struggling, who will listen to you when you're not struggling, and who will remind you that there's more in you than you think. Make an effort to find community. Find some place you belong. Find people here at Gateway you can do life with and join, join a Gateway group. Really, just see what God will do in your life through relationships with others. Sometimes it can be awkward. But the reality is God has more for you than you think. And often the more that God has for your life is not found through study or through learning. It's found through relationship. The next stage of your life might be found in someone else. Someone who can pull you along. 
remind you we can be there for you no matter what. So as we close, if we can get everyone to stand with me, we're going to pray. Father God, I thank you for each and every person who is in this room, who's watching online, who's joined with us, who's connected with our church. Father, I just pray right now, Lord, that you will give us the strength to take a step of faith, to connect with others, to grow with others, to take the risk to see what you can do in our lives through other people. Father God, I pray that you will help each and every one of us find a community here at Gateway where we can do life together. A community of people who we can grow with, who we can laugh with, who we can learn with, who we can do life with, God. That we won't be stuck doing life alone, but that we will turn to others and find people who can support us, who can know us, who can cheer us on, and who can call us back. God, I just pray, Lord, that as we go into this fall group semester and people connect online, people connect in person. Lord, that you will just help us do relationships well. And that we will just see and hear incredible stories of life's changed because we were willing to take a rest. Pray this all in your name.